everybody and welcome to what do scientists do it's a show where i talk to a different guest each episode and they teach us all about their favorite science topics and what they do as a scientist my name is jessica and today i'm joined by our very special guest could you give us your name and your pronouns please hi i'm uh, basil elsahan he him cool and basil what kind of scientist are you i'm a geologist so i study rocks cool so in your day-to-day job as a geologist what do you do with those rocks and why do you study them so i'm studying rocks in the abitibi greenstone belt in uh, northern ontario right now and we're essentially trying to figure out if it's worth putting in a mine here for nickel cool so what kinds of things would that mine be used for and would the nickel be used for so right now there's a uh, battery craze going on you know we have electric cars picking up and all sorts of electrification of energy and all that so the mining industry is now trying to keep up provide uh, nickel cobalt copper and all of those things that you'll find in batteries and electronics Cool. So nickel, I assume, is one of the things that's really important for electronics and electric cars and all of that kind of stuff. So what kinds of things do you do every day? What does a day look like for you? So I work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. generally. Uh, There are different schedules throughout the industry. That's mine. And we go in every day and our drillers drop off our core overnight and then again in the morning and throughout the day we're looking at hundreds of meters of rock essentially that entails taking a hand lens and just looking at every meter of that saying there is one percent two percent ten percent five percent of this mineral and that mineral so a hand lens is that like a magnifying glass yeah kind of it's a it's a little uh I guess they might call it a loop, little magnifying glass, like the size of your fingertip. So you just go along these cores of rocks and you get to like look at every single little bit of it and see what's inside it, basically. Pretty much. So that's cool. the, the one part of the job is essentially describing the mineralization types in it. And the other is looking at structure throughout the rock. So you're, we're talking about rocks hundreds of meters deep into the ground. And the minerals we're looking for, a lot of them are structurally bound, meaning you're looking for veins and faulting in the rock where rocks broke and moved against each other, and that allowed some sort of mineralization to occur. So a lot of my job is actually looking at what happened in the ground, you know, hundreds of millions to billions of years ago. Up where you are, because I know that you're in northern Ontario right now, is that the Canadian Shield? Is that where there's really old rocks? Yep. Yeah. So I'm working in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt right now, and we're working with mantle rocks. So essentially, those are the rocks that originate from like the deepest parts of the Earth and are pushed up to the surface. They're cool. uh, about two billion years old or so. That's two billion with a B, right? Right. 
So that's half as old as the Earth, a little less than half. A little less than half, yeah. Yeah. So those are some really old rocks. Um, yeah. What made you so enthusiastic about rocks? When did you decide, I want a job where I get to look at rocks all day? See, funny enough, I, th- I think that uh, a lot of kids start where I did, where, you know, you're you're on the beach and you love looking at the little pebbles, all the different colors in the rocks, and uh, you start a collection. I'm sure every kid has a rock collection at some point in their life. And I just kept growing mine. Although, I don't think most people think of geology as, like, an option when they grow up. I guess it's it's kind of like when you're a kid, you, you, you say things like, I want to be a cowboy, I want to be an astronaut. But never, I want to be a geologist, despite these rock collections. I don't know. I well, I work for Supernova and we run science camps and we have lots of kids that might say that they want to be geologists. We actually had Earth Sciences Camp this summer, which was very fun. Um, Lots of fossils and rock activities. And I think you would have loved it, Basil. (laughs) Um, So there are some people, but yeah, probably not as popular as like marine biologists might be. Right. or things where it's like bigger things or living things that people are more familiar with than like what you do. Yeah. Well, I guess one of the big things is uh, rocks, you know, they're old, they don't change. Um, you know, uh, whales are cool. <laughs> you see them every day. Well, you're like, wow, well, that's a whale. <laughs> <gasps> well, the whales, I mean, the whales move a lot faster than rocks do. But I mean, rocks do change, right? They oh, yeah. just change very very slowly over a really long span of time what is your favorite science thing that you've ever done uh i guess i wouldn't necessarily call it a science thing but uh, my favorite thing that i have done on this job was essentially i went out and mapped uh, an area that we want to put down new drills in and that meant for about 10 hours, I walked out in the rain with a GPS map and looked at all the nature around us. We saw a beaver dam, lots of felled trees from beavers. Uh, we saw lots of animal tracks, some foxes, you know. It, it was a really good day in the rain, just hiking. <laughs> It was still hiking in the rain, though. So your favorite day was hiking in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. And uh, I think all of my colleagues will tell you, like, a lot of field work. You just kind of, you're in the rain, you're in the snow. You just kind of deal with it. It's fun. If you have the right attitude for it, it's very fun. Yeah, yes. You get to spend lots of time in nature. You get to just look at what's around you and you're at work but you're also going for a hike at the same time exactly oh i haven't asked you the most important question yet (laughs) do you have a favorite rock (laughs) so honestly the rock i'm working with now is super cool you know like i said it's uh, about two billion years old very old rocks it's like a very bright green which I think is cool, you know, like 
See, you don't think about this, but most of our mantle is green rocks. The earth inside is green. It's not gray. Why? It's not black. Uh, it has to do with the mineral assemblages in the rocks that uh, are stable at those temperatures and pressures so deep in the earth. Uh, it's mostly olivine. So a lot of mantle rock, it's called dunite. Uh, it's over 90% olivine, and olivine is this really nice, clear olive green. Uh, yeah, so if you if you look at photos of dunite, that's that's what I deal with. That's that's the rock we want to see. Basically. Okay, and does dunite mean that there's lots of nickel? Is that why you like to see it? Uh, that's where our nickel tends to concentrate itself, based on basically the alteration in the rock because of the heat and the temperature and the fluids that go through that rock, change it into something called serpentine, and that liberates the nickel into the rock. And that cool. only really happens in high concentrations of olivine. Well, I, I've never heard of serpentine before. That sounds... These are some very cool mineral names. So we've got olivine which I have heard before because I took one earth sciences class in my life. And it's the mineral that I remember because it is green like an olive. Right. Um, but I haven't heard of serpentine, like serpentine, like the snake. So that those are some very cool mineral names. So you probably actually have heard of serpentine, by the way. It's uh, asbestos. Oh, okay. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. For anybody listening, um, asbestos was something that they put a mineral that they used to put in really old buildings um, that they figured out was really harmful to you. So if there's, like, they don't build things with asbestos anymore, but if you've heard that word, that's probably why, because it was really big in the news for a really long time, and it's dangerous if they find old buildings with it and they disturb it. So do you have any advice for kids who really like rocks and maybe want to become a geologist or an earth scientist? Honestly, my advice would be to pick it and stick with it. Uh, it's not always going to be the most glamorous job. Like I said, I spent you know, 10 hours in the rain today. Um, all my colleagues have stories like that, and they're way worse. Uh, one of them was hunted by, uh, by wolves uh, once. My project manager, he uh, got caught in a blizzard, freak blizzard, doing field work, and they just had to keep working. You know, it's not always glamorous, but uh, it's extremely rewarding if you stick through it. Because you get to look at really, really cool rocks in the end. You get really basically. cool rocks. Uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're someone who really enjoys the outdoors, uh, I spend a lot of time outdoors. I get to meet a lot of really cool people from all across Canada, all across the world. And I think that that reward on its own, any, you know, bad day in the field good day in the field makes up for it and you get to travel for your job too right like you don't live in timmins where you are no exactly i know people who've worked in colombia i know some people work in uh, southeast asia and indonesia you can go work in australia there's lots of opportunity for travel which is very cool. nice yeah and i think i know that this may have just been for a course but you've been to iceland as well right Right. Yeah. I studied uh, glaciers in Iceland, which, uh, yeah, was maybe one of the most fun courses I took. Earth sciences, baby. 
Always fun. The sciences. First we'll go to Iceland, look at glaciers. Which are, what are glaciers? So glaciers are really big uh, sheets of ice that act almost like a fluid, a river. A really slow river, but a river nonetheless. Yeah, and so why are glaciers interesting for geologists? Honestly, glaciers can be very interesting for anyone interested in uh, the Earth. Uh, they actually form a lot of our uh, our landscape. You know, they're these huge, heavy, heavy, dense pieces of ice, and you don't think that they do, but they they carve up the Earth. A lot of Ontario's uh, northern lakes are actually glacier formed. There's a lot of landforms in, uh, I believe, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. That are actually glacier formed. You really don't think about it, but they they have a huge impact on just the landscape, on the rocks around you. Yeah, glaciers are super cool, and I just wanted to mention them because, like, even in Nova Scotia, you can see, like, if you go to Peggy's Cove, you can see where glaciers have just left big rocks in places. Yeah, which nothing uh, else would be able to move them except those. Exactly. So those are called erratics which I think is some of the coolest stuff that you can see. I mean, these rocks often are moved like hundreds of kilometers. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Basil. No problem. My pleasure. Thank you again, Basil. And as always, a big, big thank you to everybody listening. For more science fun, you can check us out on social media at ScientistStewPod or check out our website at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do. Do you have a question that you'd like answered by an expert? Send us an email or a voice recording on social media or at what do scientists do at superstaff.ca. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now. This show was made by Supernova at Dalhousie University a network member of Actua. For more information on our summer camps, workshops, and more, visit supernova.dal.ca.